up people i'm super pumped coming off this convo with the great tmbs debunk segment and jacobin columnist ben burgess a big shout out to matt mcmanus for coordinating and making this one happen i couldn't have asked for a better week either to have this conversation following ben's lampooning of the so-called post-liberal and new compact magazine launch by sora bamari over at jacobin make sure to check out the show notes if you missed his article in my roundup newsletter this past sunday That said, I was very touched and moved by Big Ben's story and struggles in high school, barely making it into college before hitting his stride and falling in love with creative writing and philosophy, eventually leading him to complete his PhD, becoming an author with zero books, and eventually meeting Michael Brooks. I couldn't wait to press him a bit too about his new book on Christopher Hitchens either and the New Atheism Movement, being that my formal education is in religious studies. In any event, I hope you all enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Rock and roll. Well, listen, Ben, I really appreciate you coming on. It's good yeah, to see you so as much well. Traveling. Um, I mean, I'm coming off, I guess, some interesting conversations. I had a, a conversation with Jeremy Johnson and with mm-hmm. Matt McManus, uh, two, I guess, friends or kind of, well, I mean, almost people within your circle <laughs> of the internet and type of work mm-hmm. that you guys were doing in the past and stuff like that. So, um, and I mean, they, they've been just kind of getting me to reflect, I guess, on some of the history uh, mm-hmm. that we were all living through, obviously. Mm-hmm. And listening to a few of your most recent podcasts, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Robert Wright and obviously your conversation with uh, uh, not only Robert Wright, but uh, Doug Lane, mm-hmm. um, where you guys are kind of reflecting back, I guess, you know, of your, of your college days all the way up to the present um, mm-hmm. and kind of li- reliving through some of your histories and, and your growing up uh, uh, in interesting times throughout the eighties and nineties and mm-hmm. early two thousands. Um, so I guess as a first question, cause I mean, listening to all this, I was just trying to figure out, you know, kind of like what ballpark age category mm-hmm. do you fall into? Cause I know Greenwald and Lane, you know, kind of, they were kind of dropping their age and stuff like that, but I haven't heard, you know, kind of your ballpark. <laughs> yeah. I'll, well, I'll just, I'll just say I'm, I'm 41. I'm turning 42, uh, in, uh, in April. So, uh, so yeah, I, I have, yeah, Doug, uh, yeah, Doug is, is definitely Jet X, uh, as would be my guess about Greenwald. I'm actually less sure about him, but the, uh, um, but uh but but i'm what uh 
you know, I'm what like USA Today articles and stuff call a zennial, uh, yeah. or uh, or sometimes a geriatric millennial. I've seen that too. So, gotcha. but I was, I, was, I was born in 1980, so that's like that's like right at the the like the very very oldest thing that could be called a millennial, or like I said, often like zennial or. God, what's the other stupid fucking phrase? Uh, Oregon Trail Generation. I say yeah. that too. <laughs> cool, cool. I guess I'm. I mean, I'm born in '77, so I'm actually a bit older than you. But I mean, I'm a. Young, I'm obviously a young Gen X, so I've always kind of been caught in that world. So kind of watching and hearing everything that's been going on. I mean, it's been interesting for me to go out and relive some of the stuff that you guys were talking about online. Obviously. Um, so, but, but, and, and if I understand correctly, I mean, you did your, your BA and you have an MA and an MFA. So, I mean, you've been in like in and out of school for quite a while. I mean, yeah, I got, um, well, I'll just, um, I guess to just really quickly encapsulate all of it, I'll just say, I, I was like, I barely graduated from high school. I was, I was definitely in the, um, you know, enjoying the skipping class and getting high parts of life and, uh, and, uh, and not really spending that much time in school. So I started off at my local community college and then I transferred to, um, and, you know, to, uh, to a small college in Grand Rapids, uh, which is near where I'm from. And, uh, and then, you know, obviously college, I actually enjoyed unlike high school and, uh, and yeah, I, I ended up getting a, MA in philosophy at Western Michigan. And then in my uh, late twenties, I moved to Florida and got my PhD at the university of Miami. And, and at that point I was trying to uh, uh, write fiction also. So I was, I was, I have a uh, MFA in creative writing, but it was like a low residency MFA. So I was getting it during the last couple of years of the PhD kind of at the same time from the uh, university of Southern Maine. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and if I understand correctly, I guess that's kind of the, the connection that you have with Doug, essentially, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because since you guys have obviously within the industry, but if I understand, Doug has ventured into some type of science fiction, creative writing type stuff, and he's ventured into all kinds of different forms of publishing. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Doug is, uh, yeah, Doug, uh, it's not what he's primarily known for now, but it's, it's, it's what he probably spent the most time doing. Uh, Doug is, uh, Doug is also a science fiction novelist and um, you know, he yeah, had a, had a new one, not that many years ago. And I, I don't, I don't think he's done. I mean, I imagine there'll be more in the future. And he also long time ago, back in uh, 2008, I believe. Uh, I mean, he started a long time before this, uh, but back then he was the editor of uh diet soap which was a a zine like it was actually started back when that was that was like you know like a uh i don't know it was probably like the late 90s maybe if at early 2000s when he started it you know so it's like a like an actual like photocopied zine i think but by the time i crossed his path it was online and he uh he published a short story that i wrote there in 2008 so that's where i originally knew him from Gotcha. Okay, cool. So that, that's your connection to zero books and essentially where you kind of start to establish yourself a bit of a, obviously a writing career, but I mean, yeah, obviously. yeah. I mean, I mean, it is said, so I had a, so, so yeah, that was back in 2008. And so I, I knew Doug slightly from that point onward, which is to say that he's somebody who I'd like interact with on Facebook sometimes. Uh, and then the actual connection to zero books. Well, he also had me on, 
like I'm trying to remember it was a couple times in like over the years like like when he had the podcast that was also called diet soap back then like he had he had me on like a couple times but um but i did you know talk about kind of academic stuff that i was doing but the zero books connection comes in 2018 so yeah a good 10 years after i first met doug uh and at that point uh I uh, I was spending a lot of time talking and and and, uh, and thinking about uh, your uh, uh, one of your country's more unfortunate uh, exports, Jordan Peterson, uh, who uh, <laughs> had, was uh, uh, this is like 2018. So this is like yeah. kind of the height the height of the Peterson craze, and I I, I knew people who you know, were people I knew from extended family or from like people who back when I lived in Korea, I used to like hang out at expat bars with or whatnot, you know, who, who were, uh, uh, who were into Peterson. And I, and so just as a, you know, private citizen, I was spending a lot of time like arguing on social media about this guy. And, uh, and since Doug put together this thing that was a sort of quasi academic conference, in Boise, Idaho, he, you know, collaborated with a local group there to put it together um, uh, because Peterson was originally slated to be on Doug's, uh, you know, the Zero Books podcast. And um, and then uh, he backed out of it or whatever. Somebody who worked for him, you know, backed out of it on his behalf, maybe, um, presumably because they, you know, finally got around to Googling him and figured out it'd be a hostile interview. And, uh, <laughs> and then shortly afterwards, um, Peterson was on uh, the Joe Rogan experience and told, and, and Joe asked him in his, you know, characteristic sort of genially stoned way, you know, it's like, uh, it's so what, why don't you ever debate any of these quality of outcome Marxists I was talking about? And, you know, Peterson, I'm, won't try to do a Peterson impression, but, you know, said, uh, you know, well, they, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to talk to me. And uh, <laughs> because he just backed out of Doug's podcast, Doug got pissed off about that. This is what sort of led him to collaborate with this group in Idaho to, to do this conference. It was called Jordan Peterson, the conference in the mood of a debate. And, you know, because I had not really been doing like political commentary kinds of stuff almost at all. Like I, I had, dip my toe into that just a tiny bit before this I'd, I'd done like i'd done a couple of articles like probably three or four in total for for counterpunch in the couple of years leading up to this and then the other way i'd sort of dip my toe in was i went to a um uh i presented a paper at an academic conference in uh in cuba back in uh 20, 2013 right so like you know sort of sort of in the there was like a political thing. And so sort of in the same spirit, right. I was like, Oh, you know, I'll submit like an abstract to this conference. That sounded fun. And, you know, and I, I told gotcha. him I was going to do it in like sort of Facebook chat. And he was like, Oh, cool. Look out for that. Also, I was wondering if you wanted to write a book for us. And, um, and that was like when he, he sort of laid the idea on me for the, the first book that I, I wrote, which was called uh, give them an argument. Got it. Okay. Yeah, no, because I mean, obviously, I, I knew. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, you've got quite much more of a, an academic sort of bent to you, kind of like McManus. Uh, and I mean, that's what I mean. Eventually, I mean, McManus is the one eventually that got me onto Michael's work. Um, okay. That's I mean, in the same thing. I mean, I was not on social media at all prior to the whole Jordan Peterson phenomenon. 
And essentially mm-hmm. I came to, or somebody said that, you know, like I should start following Peterson and it's a good buddy of mine actually from South Africa um, that, you know, that I, you know, I'd, I've known for quite some time and he works specifically in the, uh, the addiction and recovery space and stuff like that. Um, and he was doing research mm-hmm. and he said that, you know, listen, you need to go and pick up on this guy. And he's got a background actually in addiction uh, treatment and recovery specifically because he did his PhD on alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I got onto it and obviously, you know, he skyrocketed around that time, but I was just like, so in shock, you know, like, you know, I'm Canadian, you know, like, why am I learning about this guy from my buddy of mine in South Africa and why, what's the whole big deal about? And kind of like you, I mean, I was just like shell-shocked about, you know, what the hell he was advocating and right. positions that he was taking. And I was just like completely off my rocker once I started to hear a lot of it. But my formal, I guess, uh, academic training and background is actually in religious studies. Okay. So yeah. once I got onto your work and I discovered Michael's work, and then I discovered that Michael had kind of, we shared very similar sort of mm-hmm. growing up experiences, um, you know, kind of growing in a family that's kind of very much steeped in the counterculture sort of 1960 mm-hmm. that adopted a, a sort of radical sort of form of, of education. Uh, my dad was essentially, you know, like he, he, I wasn't homeschooled the way Michael was, but very much an, along that sort of radical alternative mode of thinking around the household and exposing me to, to different ways of thinking and, and education and stuff like that. So growing up. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause I didn't actually, you know, during the, the years when I, you know, knew Michael well and was working with him, you know, I, I didn't, um, you know, he, he never really talked that much to me, you know, at least about, about his family background and all that, you know, so it's it kind of, it's kind of funny. Like most of that stuff I've discovered, you know, since he passed, you know, that like I had, um, I remember uh, actually not long not long after he died, watching this video of this this lecture he gave at uh, Lafayette College, uh, mm. and um, in there he's described his background. He has this kind of funny line where he's talking about you know various jobs that he did and things he tried his hand out at various points, and he says he has this line like, "Well, you know that I was like a meditation teacher for a minute to make my parents happy." <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, now I'm getting a picture. Right? <laughs> Yeah. No, exactly. So, I mean, I, I guess my, my track is much more along Jeremy Johnson's line because Jeremy Johnson, mm-hmm. in terms of his stuff around Gene Gepser and the whole consciousness mm-hmm. movement and countercultural and obviously stuff around Ken Wilber and integral theory. So once I started to see Michael drop some of that and obviously seeing that, you know, he was part of the diaspora that moved away from that, obviously after he got into college and, you know, start to get his own formal education, do his own thinking and stuff like that. Uh, I was hooked. I was just like, wow, that's fascinating because I mean, Wilbur has had a pretty deep impact on me, uh, intellectually and formally growing up, but obviously getting into university and getting into religious studies. I mean, I was slammed with professors that were much more steeped in critical theory and, uh, I mean, just, you know, strong academic background, not loosey goosey kind of the way he was. But nevertheless, I mean, once I start to see, you know, like how that informed his ideas of cosmopolitan socialism mm-hmm. and how he was starting to go and advocate for, you know, kind of a new left or a new engaged left and seeing how that was almost paralleling very closely to what Matt was talking about of a new engaged left. And obviously with some of the the thinking that you were doing too, you know, in terms of, you know, that the left needs to go and adopt a more sort of, uh, 
strong, not critical stance, but, you know, be logically consistent. And obviously, you know, if we're going to go out and advocate, let's go out and advocate it, you know, a very strong and logical sort of position. And I mean, I was just amazed to see how you guys were moving or advocating for a new left, right? Something that, you know, one that could eventually go out and take power, but also, you know, you, you guys are not talking, you know, standard Marxist or socialist mm. or even, you know, progressive or left-leaning sort of thought necessarily. I mean, although that you guys are, you're strongly, strong, strongly grounded in your own form of traditions and the way you guys are, are framing things. But I was just so amazed by all of that. So now I guess, I mean, obviously I'm just as shocked as you in terms of Michael's passing away. But now that I'm seeing sort of the history behind all of this, right? I mean, you know, listening to you and Doug and obviously Robert Wright and obviously talking about, you know, uh, you know, the new atheist movement, you know, and some yeah. of the, the formative historical things that impacted you during the 80s, 90s and all the way up to the early 2000s and stuff like that. I'm just so amazed, um, you know, in terms of. I guess maybe where we are today, but also, I, you know, I haven't reflected that much back on it either, mm. but it, 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 I guess in terms of your leftist sort of roots, I mean, you were saying that you were, you got, I guess, during your university days, you were very much in the sort of anti-war movement type mm -hmm. stuff. So it's not wasn't that you weren't political or involved in some type of level you were. Yeah, no, I was, I was, um, yeah, I had, yeah, I mean the, the college stuff. I think is probably as good an entry point as that for anything. So I, I was, I was definitely, um, you know, it was it was not the first time, you know, that that I'd had any of these sorts of views. But I've been mean, certainly a formative experience for me was uh, the aftermath of nine uh, eleven, which uh, which happened, uh, you know, which happened like early in the, you know, fall semester of my, uh, junior year of college, uh, and, um, seeing the, the, you know, like the kind of hysterical nationalist, uh, you know, militarist kind of response to that, uh, which I have to say is something I've been feeling a little bit of deja vu about since, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine and, you know, yeah, and, no and seen, yeah. you know, seen some of the reactions to that, but, uh, but, I had, you know, that was like really, um, you know, that was really striking for me. I mean, and it's kind of funny, like maybe in this you know, sort of parallel way, you know, I just wrote this book about Christopher Hitchens, but like it's sort of the opposite way, you know, it was really striking for him, right? You know, that, uh, you know, because 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 I, I, I had that same sort of sense of clarity, but like in the in the other direction, you know, for like opposing, you know, the, the wars for opposing the, you know, assaults on civil liberties, you know, like all of that stuff. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I was, I was very involved in uh, organizing anti-war protests in, in Michigan in 2002 and, and 2003. Um, and uh, in a, yeah, in a variety of, um, in a variety of ways at that time. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, in sort of pursuit of that, you know, I was, I was uh, involved a little bit in, in the green party when that seemed like that might, you know, become something, you know, in, uh, in that, you know, the, uh, uh, 
you know, 2002, 2004, you know, elections. Uh, and then, and then later on, you know, by, by like 2006, you know, which is where I, when I, you know, moved to Florida for my PhD, I was, you know, I was pretty, I was pretty burned out at all. Like I hadn't changed my mind about anything, right. You know, but, but, but I wasn't, um, you know, but I also, I guess was pretty demoralized about the effects of, you know, of activism or, or lack of effects. And, and I, I didn't, uh, I didn't see that, you know, going much of anywhere, you know, any, anytime soon. And, and I just kind of drifted out of it as, as people do, as probably most people do, you know, who, uh, who passed through, who passed through those movements. Uh, so really the whole, and, you know, I was, um, well, knee deep in philosophy as well. I mean, it's not like yeah. a, I mean, cr- crisscrossing activism with deep philosophy and 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 the type of studies that you were doing. Uh, well, I mean, not that it's impossible to go and make those crisscrosses, but I mean, obviously, it's never, sure uh, people people certainly do. But yeah, I, yeah, I have yeah. a but that's not and and I guess it's also just one thing reflected back on that. I would say is I think it's just a very different era i mean maybe that's kind of like um vacuous but i mean like it like it it was right i mean that they have so like looking back you know at at my you know the years that i was getting the phd and then right afterward um like people who i knew in graduate school and around it were either you know, fairly apolitical or pretty, you know, mainstream American liberals, right? You know, that, that, that yeah. those, were, those were pretty much the options. Like, you know, you know, you run into the occasional oddball libertarian or whatever, but like pretty much, right? You know, the, the, those two. Uh, and so... Which is pretty much, I guess, your conversation too with Greenwald, because your conversation with Greenwald was pretty interesting along those lines too, where you, I mean, you, you were both kind of reflecting back and saying that there was you know, big progress, I guess, on the, the liberal sort of left front, progressive front, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, true progress, I guess, from a leftist perspective, never really kind of took hold. I mean, maybe in the, the cultural left, there's been elements of, of, of wins there, but I mean, real change, I guess, from a, a socioeconomic level, never really yeah. kind of set in or any way, shape or form. So yeah, I could see how. You no, could definitely. Be, Definitely not, right? I mean, this is a time, like, I mean, especially, I mean, I think that the 2000s, which is really what we're talking about right now, are, like, really dismal along those lines, like, really dismal. Like, even the even the sorts of things that, you, you know, you'd really think of in terms of social progress, um, you know, even that wasn't really happening much, you know, in uh, at, at that time, right? I mean, like, I think we... I think we forget exactly how defeated people felt uh, for a lot of that, a lot of that era, right? I mean, like even, um, you know, like, like 2004, um, I mean, just to pick the most obvious sort of, you know, social equality issue that has, you know, galloped forward since then, right? I mean, that the, like 2004, you know, George W. Bush was reelected to a great extent by, uh, you know, by, by running against gay marriage, you know, that they, that, uh, that he had, yeah. Uh, like that was a wedge issue for him, you know, that like, uh, to, uh, to, to oppose it, you know, that they like get out the vote by, you know, churning, you know, like having, um, 
oftentimes like redundantly triple banning it in places where it was already like banned in two different laws, you know, in different states, yeah. you know, to, uh, to get out the vote in swing states. Uh, and, and even Obama, know, and, I mean, Obama was wishy-washy on that too. I mean, in Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was, a, a, well, Obama was actually, I mean, you know, I don't, uh, I don't believe this and neither does anybody else. Right. You know, and, uh, but like, but he said, you know, when he was running for president in 2008, that he was against it. Yeah, uh, sure, and, uh, you know, like, like he just flat out said he was against it for religious reasons, which is like also what the way that Hillary Clinton talked back then. I mean, that was a, that was a standard, um, you know, that was a standard thing, you know, for, for like mainstream Democrats to, uh, to say even in 2008. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, the idea, um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, I, I don't want to understate the importance of, of that kind of civil and, uh, and legal equality, you know, which, which which I obviously think is foundational for any kind of worthwhile egalitarian politics. But, you know, certainly in terms of anything that would have gone deeper in terms of opposing entrenched interests, um, you know, just absolutely not, right? I mean, this is uh, the, like the... Uh, you know, the only time you heard the word socialist was was when uh, was when Republicans were were accusing you know just bathwater liberal centrists of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, you know like uh, the idea. I remember like old science fiction movies where um, you know it would be like a plot detail that somebody was getting back from surfing in Afghanistan in, like 2030, and it'd be like, yeah, that makes sense, right? You know that they have, you know like. <laughs> You know that, that that sounds that sounds unfortunately very realistic. Uh, so that was the that was the era, right? And so certainly in terms of you know academia, like uh, or at least my kind of academia, you know that the I think a more sort of continentalish you know program, you know you mentioned critical theory early, probably would have been different, you know to a certain extent. But like you know certainly like you know mainstream like analytic philosophy, um, you know there were there were two guys you know, who, who I knew, you know, in, in, in my program who shared anything like, you know, my, my politics, you know, that they, wow. uh, okay, yeah. uh, um, like there was, and like one of those was a transplant, you know, it was this, it was this like Turkish communist, uh, who, who was, you know, studying the U S so, um, yeah. And so, I mean, I, I have taken two credits in my philosophy department while I was completing my yeah. degree in religious studies and it was an analytic sort of department and there was uh, no way in hell, I would have, you know, majored in philosophy if that was the major standard type stuff that we're, they were doing. So, I yeah. mean, I, that's why, I mean, for me, religious studies was very interdisciplinary yeah. and broad and uh-huh. you know, history of ideas. And so th- that's why I gravitated much more towards that. But I mean, I was also no, that- to it very much kind of along, I guess, Michael's sort of bent mm-hmm. in interest in culture and right. uh, broad ideas of philosophy and cosmopolitan sort of thinking st- type stuff. So that's why. Yeah, I mean, so I think, um, again, I think a lot of this has changed now just because the world's changed. Uh, like, I, I have, um, I mean, I actually, I mean, in some ways, I mean, it's very small and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean much in terms of the broader world, of course, but like, in some ways, I actually do still find that kind of remarkable, right? I mean, like, like all, all of these people who, like, you know, people who were like, you know, in 2008 you know were either didn't care very much or like were enthusiastic about barack obama right you know who who i knew who i knew in graduate school who are like you know 
so or you know people who i would even like sometimes um you know like get into you know an argument with at the bar you know about uh uh you know drones or you know i would say i was a socialist and that was like an oddity you know at that uh (laughs) at that time of place right you know yeah you know get a lot of very very skeptical you know questions about that and it's like half of these guys now are like you know dsa members or like you know what if they or like you know people who are like you know like like they're listening to like chapo trap house every week and it's like i I don't see you know something very strange has happened there right uh, yeah no doubt yeah uh, uh but that was so i was very um you know, as I mentioned, I was writing fiction, and, you know, and, and I was and I was doing my you know academic uh, academic work, you know, uh, grad school and after, uh, and you know that was all the stuff you know that I was you know that I was focused on, uh, and you know just just kind of life you know at that uh, at that time, uh, and it really wasn't until. <sighs> Like there were some stirrings, definitely like like post grad school. Even when I was like on the other side of the world, you know, I was living for a couple of years in South Korea. Like I had a, um, I you know, when Occupy and then you know Black Lives Matter, you know, all that all that sort of happened. You know, like, like there was definitely some stirrings there, but I never I didn't really sort of read. So you were in Asia for Occupy during the Occupy whole push. You were <sighs> trying to think. Not necessarily during the whole thing. Definitely, it was part of it. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm trying to think about the timeline in my head, like because because I yeah. might have been back in the U.S. for some of that time, but I have a uh, but like definitely around then. Like I was, you know, I was in um, I was in Asia from uh, well, the first round was the 2010 2011 school year, and then uh, and then I was back from um, interesting. From, uh, uh, from 2013 to 2015, you know, I was back living in Asia again, 2013 to 2015. So like I, I have a, uh, yeah, if you hear at some point, you know, while we're talking, you know, if, if you hear any, uh, barking or meowing in the background, you know, our, our, uh, our, our two pets, uh, <laughs> or, uh, no stress. Uh, so we're, yeah, yeah. uh, we're, we're, we're adopted when, uh, when we were living there. So, so we always call them the Koreans, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to leave this weekend. Who's going to take care of the Koreans? You know, that's, uh, <laughs> since, uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, like while well, a lot of this was going on, I was out of the country and I didn't, you know, and it was after I got back the second time, right. You know, got back to the U S for good in 2015, uh, shortly after that, you know, when the, the first birdie campaign got going is, is when I, is when Start I actually involved and really, in. yeah. Re-engaged politically for the first time. Oh, like, cool. Really, yeah. Cause I mean, Jeremy and I were trying to go and reconstruct because I mean, Jeremy befriended Michael back in a day before Occupy online through Facebook and they were oh. in mutual sort of circles around some stuff around integral theory and Ken Wilbur's type stuff before the 2008 financial crash, but they were already going very much for a sort of pro corporate big business. And they had adopted this thing called conscious capitalism and everybody at that point, which created the sort of diaspora, which, which I'm sure obviously would have had a major impact on Michael at that point. And then the next thing that I came across after that is obviously his interview with Pacman, which is right around Occupy and is of the 2001. So that just helps me go out and put so much context and some of the history in terms of, I guess, some of those markers for a lot yeah, of so, Yeah, so I didn't need, 
Michael till, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have the, the amount of time that I knew him was, I guess, a fraction of what, what Jeremy would have, you know, but, uh, but I have, uh, cause, cause I didn't, you know, I mean, I didn't meet Michael until, you know, not very many years before he died. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was actually at that conference in, uh, in Boise in 2018 that I, that I met him. I mean, I'd, okay. I'd, I'd had, I'd started to. Well, cause I, this is, I guess this is your involvement with DSA and Jacobin. I, I mean, cause from online and everything else that I was trying yeah. to sift through and trying to figure yeah. out and just trying to see, you know, how, or when did you start to go and get involved in some of that type of stuff? And I mean, yes. obviously Jacobin, Jacobin was founded in 2010. So obviously that whole rise around, you know, that whole movement is a big push there in terms of what some people have kind of called, I guess, millennial socialism, which I think is kind of degrading mm-hmm. some sort of yeah, way. Yeah, sure. But, you know, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's a little degraded, but it's, it's a, maybe not a terrible. It's dismissive. I find it to be yeah. very dismissive to go out and say, Oh, it's nothing but millennials. Yeah. 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 Cause it's not tied into the, yeah. yeah. You know, which is also funny because it's like millennial is sort of eternally used as a word that means kid, even though like at this point, like God, I mean, by some definitions, I'm a millennial and I'm 41. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But uh, still, I mean, it's to me, it's a, it's a question because the, the, the socialist element was always there. I mean, obviously that, you I mean, it goes all the way back to, you know, to people like Dorothy day and some of the, yeah, yeah, the larger yeah. historical roots of, you know, of, uh, you know, all the way back to, uh, the national review. Right. I mean, to some of the big debates that we're having there where they would actually go out and have socialists on that obviously you and Michael go all the way back yep. and, you know, kind of dig up that history and that there's a huge history that's there to go out and be uncovered. And it was just always, just not always as present. So Jacobin, I think has done a formidable job to go out and bring that up. I mean, no, for sure. Is, is, I mean, he's done a, uh, an amazing job to go out and see. So, I mean, for me, even as a Canadian looking at that as well, yeah. right? Because the, the Canadian left is very different than the American left and socialism in the States is not the same thing as, you know, something that would be up in Canada. Although, you know, obviously somebody like Leo Panitch would go mm-hmm. out and crisscross both, you know, and have a big influence, you know, across the border as well. But I mean, thank you for, I mean, cause that explains a lot and you're, I guess you're uncovering or going back to hitch now, is an yeah. amazing timing of it because it does. I mean, it just he, like he was just so much in the mix of all of this. So even when now when I you framed it, you know, like in terms yeah. of his unwillingness or I mean to go and take a very atheistic stance, particularly within the United yeah. States because of the religious fundamentalism, I could see yeah. why you know taking a firm position on something like that is is a worthy cause a very worthy cause on some fronts because you guys have not, I mean, there's like, you just highlighted, I mean, those wins are very superficial kind of lip service, not even really, you know, presidents going out and adopting, you know, full on, you know, all the way up to Obama. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was like midway through the Obama administration when the winds had shifted enough that, you know, that they, they could, you know, that they could even say like, you know, yeah, you know, gay people get married before it. Right. You know, it's like, is it was, uh, uh, and that was, uh, yeah, it was like pretty late in Obama's first term, I think. Uh, and just before the Supreme Court decision, which was like itself, I don't think would have happened if public opinion had really shifted yeah. quite, quite a bit by then. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, and even so- just Sam Harris. I mean, his letter to uh, a Christian nation is, I mean, I, as much as I don't like or enjoy Sam sure, Harris, sure, sure. I mean, that book is 
a particular historical piece that, I mean, as an American growing up in that kind of environment, you know, and seeing the, the you know, the, 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 the religious right and evangelical religious right as a power move that's been undergoing and, you know, gaining steam during those whole times, I can go out and understand why, you know, somebody like that might actually go out and write that at that particular moment in history too. Um, sure. And I mean, I grew up on <laughs> Chris Hedges and yeah. Terry Eagleton when that sort of new atheist thing kind of came about because uh, I mean, that's just how I just kind of landed, you know, various professors and some of their influence. And that's how I gravitated in terms of to go out and unpack the new atheist movement. So I was very much like Michael kind of being like, you know, like I've never grown up in a very fundamentalist sort of household. I was, you know, very liberal in terms of, you know, ideas around what religion is uh, and very progressive and, and, you know, and even open to other forms of religion, you mm-hmm. know, and a very sort of cosmopolitan based and broad minded approach uh, when it came to, to, to religion and even ideas of what the religious left, you know, people like mm. King and Dorothy Day and some other sort of characters. And so hedges just fit in naturally within that framework. But um, I guess this is <laughs> but yeah. I, because you seem to be shifting, you know, listening to your conversation with Robert, uh, Robert Wright and obviously Doug. I mean, yeah. you, you, you have a very much more sophisticated, nuanced take on religion now. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I would say this. I have a, I mean, it's something that I spent a long time, well, actually kind of back in that era we were talking about before, you know, the, the, the sort of, um, you know, pre, you know, re-engaging with politics in, you know, 2015, which is, you know, I, I guess, I guess just to do the timeline, right? I mean, that was like, so I joined DSA and in like at the end of 2015, which, which means that I'm like probably one of the like 2% of DSA members have been in it for that long, you know, but, uh, <laughs> in, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, but then, uh, and I, you know, I'd, I'd started to, well, I wrote the book. I wrote my first book for Doug in, in 2018. And, uh, and I had, uh, and that kind of led to to me meeting Michael through through Doug, and I started to, um, you know, there was kind of like a few months when, like, you know, I don't know, a few times a month that like take the train in from New Jersey, which is where I was living at that time. Uh, you know, my wife and I were both adjuncts in the philosophy department of Rutgers at that time, and uh, and we and we'd uh, and I'd take the train in and you know, meet up with Michael for, you know, dinner and drinks in Brooklyn and kind of, uh, you know, a lot of that was sort of felt like, um, you know, we'd I mean, actually just kind of getting into this, some of this history because a few hours ago, actually earlier today, I, I've been making myself finally get through something as I, I told Matt McManus I would write like a year ago, uh, which is uh, which is the introduction to his uh, Cosmopolitan Socialism book. Oh, uh, okay, which, yeah. Which like, I mean, we really are getting like you know, it's 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 pretty bad, like how how long it's been, but it's like one of these things where I think um, I think among other things, like even though I wrote 
like a couple of articles for Jacobin about about Michael right after he passed, like kind of no problem. I think that like somehow being a couple of years, you know, down the line, it's like yeah, uh, it's way harder to do it now than it was then uh, for for whatever reason. But uh, but Fuck, anyways, yeah. no, I totally understand, man. Yeah, no shit, uh, I can imagine. So I'm finally, you know, kind of forcing myself to do that. So I was kind of reciting some of this in, in that introduction, but I have a, but yeah, I feel like, you know, a lot of that was kind of, um, you know, like most of what we talk about during those was like sort of whatever was going on, you know, politically at that time and kind of like, uh, you know, arguments that were happening then and a lot of that was just sort of I, I i kind of felt like would sort of be my you know solidified in my head what i thought about some of the stuff by you know bouncing off of him and uh and this was all before you know like i actually started going on the show um which um which was like early 2019 uh you know started doing the debunk segment on uh, tmbs and um and you know working with him on his book uh against the web um and anyway but like when i started to to go on the show i mean that's 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 how i met boscar i mean technically i met boscar once before in like uh 2017 or something and you know i i had i was out you know with like a mutual friend like had some like drinks at his birthday and like i had uh and uh um had you know try to remember exactly like you know but it's like you know i think uh uh argued with him a little bit about let it about you know why he didn't think oj did it uh but <laughs> and, uh, um, the uh, and, but then like I, I i met him again you know uh and uh on we we're both on on set you know like like in person at the same time on the on the show and i i had uh and uh and i i i made a uh so it was in between the main show and the post game, and I made a joke about how, um, like having beers, and I made a joke about how uh, the love, uh, how uh, about Deflategate, you know, which, which, you know, whatever, you people don't follow, you know, uh, American football is, is, doesn't mean anything, but it's like a. Well, I somewhat. I mean, I, mean, I actually played football up here in, in okay. Sajep slash high school. In terms okay. of, yeah. So, no, American football is something. I mean, if you're going to go out and pick a team, I mean, just let, I'll let you know. I'm, I'm taking the Steelers all the way. So, <laughs> okay. All right. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, no, but, but sure. Yeah, no, no, I totally get it. Yeah. You know, but I made a, I made this kind of jokey, half jokey comment about how Deflate Gate was like uh, Lava Jato. Uh, the uh, the the uh, the sort of politicized corruption scandal in Brazil that Michael was always talking about back then, oh, and, okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and and uh, and Bosco said, "Well, that sounds like an article to me. You know, you should write that." And uh, and I did, and then he um, and then I guess he liked it, you know, because because then like you know not long after that, you know, he he you know asked if I wanted to like uh, be a regular call, Mister Jacobin. So that's oh, the fuck uh, wow. 
that's the that's the timeline for that but um but anyway yeah so that was uh so that was that was like uh 2019 the jack of the part but um but yeah i mean i guess i guess on religion so so during this sort of period before re-engaging politically it's something that i did spend a lot of time on just because as a you know grad student and then the jobs i had afterwards um you know i would uh you know teach intro to philosophy every semester and so 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 that kind of that kind of kept me engaged with the the subject you know because because that was always like you know there's the sort of um you know like in some ways like the sort of like sexiest thing you could do in an intro to philosophy class because like it engages with you know with, with like in terms of the sort of overlap between subjects that are natural for that and stuff that students care about, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's always the, uh, uh, is the, you know, uh, arguments about the existence of God stuff. So, so that, that was always something that because of that, I was always very, I was very engaged with and, and, you know, this is, yeah, it's the, the peak of the new atheism era, the late two thousands. And, uh, uh, and, you know, I remember, yeah, I can remember like watching um, like Christopher Hitchens from his debate that he did in uh, Grand Rapids, actually at Grand Valley State University, with his brother Peter, who uh, who's who's like to a hilarious extent is like the mirror image of all of Christopher's views. Yeah. Like, he's like <laughs> working know, he's, for first things. Like, I still can't wrap my head around that. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. It's so it's, up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the. Uh, like so christopher was like a you know was like a ex-socialist who still had a mostly left-wing worldview but like somehow managed to like side with the neocons in the 2000s about foreign policy and uh and of course was a militant atheist probably above everything else and um and, and and you know Peter is you know <laughs> deeply religious and a uh and a paleocon right wing isolationist so that's uh so there that's... you go you know but like what the yeah, hell that yeah. happened at Christmas? That's one thing I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like, so they're having this. So Christmas in this debate with Peter and Grand Valley, and there's this video, and, and the video I was used to watch on YouTube was just uh, Christopher's opening opening statement for that debate, right? You know, so it was just like that in isolation, you know. And uh, and I, I talk about this pretty extensively in the book, but in uh, but at the time, I remember like being really impressed by it, you know, because 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 I, I I thought it's I mean whatever. Christopher Hitchens, he's absurdly eloquent, you know, he has, uh, you know, he, he knows how to make a, you know, powerful case. And, uh, and, and so, uh, and this is, so his sort of um, case somewhat against belief in God, but really for his sort of humanistic moral critique of like sort of standard, you know, Judeo-Christian kind of moral views is, uh, you know, is something I always found really powerful. And, and there's still, there's still elements of that, that, that resonate with me now, you know, but. Um, well, that, I but, mean, there's just so much bad religion though. I mean, this yeah. is what I got, you know, very much from just listening to what I was yeah. to you and Michael go back and forth. And I mean, it's just, you know, this Santa Claus type idea, right? I mean, it's just, it's present in a lot of, pockets of you know particularly protestantism and evangelical sort of sphere right i mean you guys were facing the whole sort of creationist type stuff where let's go out and revamp the curriculum high school curriculum like if that's the direction things are going in well you know like what the fuck like obviously 
you know, yeah. that's a red flag for anybody. It's not sophisticated high end theology here. That's something that you get sure. exposed to <laughs> along, you know, uh, Terry Eagleton or I mean, some other people and stuff like that. So I yeah. mean, it's no for for sure, right? So so I'll I'll just say that said, um, you know, even though um, you know I, you know I am a um, uh, you know, I'm an atheist. It's something I talked about, you know, talk about a little bit in the, in the book, especially the, you know, in, in the, um, uh, in the, the like author's note at the end, you know, that like I have, um, you know, I mean, this is, this is definitely, uh, well, almost, I think technically, I think technically the only thing that Michael and I ever argued about on air was, uh, uh, was was GMOs, but uh, that's you know because because he you know because because he's a hippie you know so uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but and apparently Doug Lane is is borderline I think hippie Chris Cross oh yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> he, he can easily definitely. be pushed over the lane <laughs> definitely definitely uh, but like you know the but it was it was always like a little bit of a background thing right you know because because that was like the that was like you know. Like okay, whatever you know. There's probably some some of the GMO and nuclear stuff. I mean, there's some, there's some there's some disagreements there. But like, really, as far as like anything more significant than that, right? They have a uh, you know like the thing that I was. Uh, um, you well, know, the, the ethics thing. and moral question. I mean, clearly is I mean yeah. is is a big one. I mean, this idea that you know that you and you beautifully write about that in the book in terms of you know some divine ethics. Like, give me a break. I mean, sure, you sure. don't need any form of divine ethics to go out and be good people. You can be a good person regardless, yeah. right? Or even, yeah. you know, the, the the Aristotelian sort of virtue ethics type stuff that mm-hmm. you attack as well there. I mean, this is why I enjoy so much reading you and, and Matt. I mean, you guys are so rigorous when it comes to a lot of uh your philosophy i mean it's just yeah. such a joy to yeah, can, you, can you tell uh can you tell what matt's religious views are by the way i i, 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 can, I can never he's, he's a reco- definitely a recovering catholic okay yeah yeah i, I could never i could never quite tell like I, I, was, I, was, I was i was i always feel like he might have some sort of like you know I, I always feel like in some sort of half closeted way, you know, he might still have, <laughs> he might still have more religious inclinations, you know, but, uh, um, yeah. well, his, but, his, his whole involvement with the Christian socialism type stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, he, he yeah. and I, I mean, he brought that up on the pod with, with me specifically. And I appreciate it because I mean, he's, he's willing yeah, yeah. to go to and, and address the whole muscular Christianity and the rise mm-hmm. of this crazy, mm-hmm. I actually, you know, Catholic, right that we're witnessing right now in various circles along patrick denine's sort of stuff which is <laughs> it's scary man it's, no, no it, it is it's, it's it's frightening stuff yeah it's, it's weird like because i don't um i mean i'm always curious right it's like so if you gave like you know Denine or Vermeule or any of these people like a, a you know like a access to like a you know, magical genie who could like, you know, just, just reorder society according to their preferences, you know, without having to worry about what's, what's politically viable. Like, I mean, 
would we have witch birds? You know, is there like? <laughs> well, I mean, the, I, I, I genuinely don't know the answer. Douglas right. Murray is the only person that I saw so panic. Douglas Murray panicked though. He did on stage down at the the last National Conservative Conference. Like yeah. he, you can see like his his back went up and being like, and, you know, and Dave Rubin didn't pick up on any of it. Like, but. <laughs> I mean, Douglas, <laughs> Douglas Murray is smart enough to realize that, you know, wait a minute, if we keep going down this, 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 this line of thought here, guys, like, you know, like how long is, you know, Dave Rubin and, and me going to go out and stay on this stage here with you guys? And it was a very sort of unbelievably tense moment. And I, I even think Doug, you know, Douglas Murray is backed off a lot of some of this, these talking or associating themselves specifically with Patrick Deneen and the national conservative movement more generally. So, and that's an interesting yes. thing too, because uh, I mean, uh, postmodern conservatism is not necessarily national forms of conservative or the Christian right that we're witnessing kind of surfacing right now that Matt is playing around with. And, you know, is an interesting kind of question to go out and wrestle with. But that's why I think you're you bringing up Hitch is just so timely, man. It's just because mm-hmm. Hitch just has that charge uh, as a figure to go and discuss all of these subjects. So I mean, it's so pertinent, and the the, the read has just been fantastic. To, and I mean, it's just joggled me to go back through history too, right? That you know, what was the New Atheist movement? What happened with Sam Harris and Chris Hedges? Even that Chris Hedges and Sam Harris debate is a fascinating one too. There's just so much history there. Yeah. So I, w- I was going to say, right. So even though, uh, I, uh, you know, even though, you know, I, I am, you know, when, when you get right down to it, right. You know, a, a pretty, um, you know, a pretty old school materialist. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, um, you know, uh, <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty convinced that you know that that nothing happens when you die, right? Which is, uh, which, 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 uh, which is a much more depressing thought now for a variety of reasons, you know, than it ever used to be. You know, after after COVID and some. But of the, I mean, even some, it's some, just some, it's some beyond the, that, though, Ben. Pers- I, I, I think your position is so much better than that in a certain way because it's like, who cares? How well, does this have well, to go the, and mean in terms of your particular behavior in the world? Well, that's what, the thing, thing right? Because there, because I think there, there are really two questions here. One of them is sort of what is your best guess about metaphysics, right? That's one question. And then the other question is um, how does that relate to um, to how you want to change the world? How does that relate to who's an ally and who's an enemy? How does yeah. it relate to, to all that stuff, right? You know, and um, on that, right? You know, so it's so so it's like on the first question, you know not entirely i've got my critique whatever but like on the first question you know there is a decent amount of stuff i can see in those old like hitchens debates that i'm you know more or less agree with right you know but like i have a uh but um on the second question i mean i i think there's i was never completely on board with with you know new atheism as far as all that stuff goes for for some of these reasons and and that it's especially been crystallized to me in the last several years i mean look i mean if you know nothing else i mean just just to just to start with the obvious personal bias you know i i have uh uh you know every time i'm i'm at a you know um 
every time at a, at a public debate or something where where you know religious issues come up, I could always I could always honestly say, look, you know, I I have a uh, uh, you know I'm a uh, I'm an atheist materialist, but I, I have a I have a huge soft spot for for the religious left for people like and you know that I'll I'll usually do this thing where I'll sort yeah. of I'll mention Dr. King, I'll mention Cornell West, and then the the punchline is that I'll mention my wife Jennifer Burgess, uh, who's who's a who's a you know very progressive Christian. And no uh, way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I had no idea. <laughs> you <know>? So <laughs> you know, I, I think that last one tends to convince people that I mean it, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, no, the, the wife test always is you can't go wrong with that. Listen, yeah, the wife yeah, yeah, yeah. got my back on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like um, so yeah, I don't and you know, I mean, yeah, we you know, she she had you know, when we were living in New Jersey, you know, she um, you know, she she went to uh, uh, she went to this church there when you know I've like you know tagged along a few times where like they had the uh, the pastor there uh, was the Green Party candidate for governor of New Jersey at one point he had a uh, uh, they were always like they were always like doing things like like you know giving you know undocumented immigrants you know refuge in the church and things like that you know so. Um, uh so so yeah I, I actually do uh I, I actually do have a massive soft spot for uh for for the religious left and and the and you know and I, th- I think the thing that ties in you know both with what i talked about in the hitchens book but also with uh you know with michael's work at cosmopolitan socialism is the uh you know which which i did um you know like um I mean, it's a little bit funny, right? Because I always like talk about this in the third person. I think at this point, it's it's not a very you know well kept secret that I did a fair amount of writing for that book. But I always feel like it's a I, I always feel comfortable with the third person because it's like the way I see it is it's like you know Michael was the director of the movie. Like I shot some footage, you know they had a uh, uh, you know it's very much his baby, you know. But uh, but in um, but it against the web, you know, like like the way that he he lays it out of there, and in many 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 conversations leading up to against the web, you know, that um, that you have, you know, religions are ultimately a certain kind of you know cultural expression, you know, that that they're um, uh, that you know that these are these are these sort of you know vast traditions that you know that that sure we'll incorporate you know practices and texts and all sorts of other things but like none of these things just are you know the uh the the religion right i mean like like certainly from the perspective of uh you know i mean look i could make sense of it if i were a uh, you know like when people have these weird arguments about you know like whatever the sort of arguments people would have in sort of the george w bush slash new atheism era about whether you know Islam is fundamentally a religion of peace or it's fundamentally, a, you know, whatever, you know, evil terrorist religion or whatever, you know, it's like, well, look, if I were a Muslim, I understand what it would mean to say that, you know, that like one or another of these strands was real Islam, right? You know, but yeah. like, since, since I'm not, I, I don't know what that means, right? You know, that they yeah. have a thing, you know, these are, these are just, sure, there, there are. Well, I mean, it's the whole thing with Christianity too, right? I mean, it's, sure. it's Christianities. It's not Islam. It's, I mean, there are Islam's multiple right. versions yeah, yeah. of Islam. I mean, it's just 
And no, exactly. Michael talked about that. And it's, it's a great video of you and Michael, by the way, talking about that book. I mean, it's very touching and moving as well to, to see, you know, the, just the deep conversations you guys had nurturing each other intellectually all these years. It's just, it's very moving, Ben. I mean, I could right. see, I mean, it's just been, and it's the same thing with Matt. I mean, the conversations I had with Matt mm-hmm. and even with Jeremy is mm-hmm. just this mutually uh, enriching uh, intellectual friendship that you guys have all had. And it's had a deep impact on the culture beyond. And it's really getting, I mean, for me, I mean, the reason why I've been reaching out is because how rich it is. Uh, and I mean, not only to go to me reflect on my own life, but also to the idea of what a next left would look like. And that is, you know, there's so much, is there so much going on right now on the left that something new is emerging possibly. Right. And what does that look like? How does it work? How, you know, how is it going to go and, and, and be put into practice is just to me exciting. I mean, it's yeah. so freaking exciting to see, uh, yeah. you know, you guys talk about that and there is a, a, a generational torch passing too, that's happening there. You know, like when I saw you guys interact with like guys like Richard Wolf and Cornell West yeah. and uh, some of these, you know, older, you know, torchbearer guys that have been in the trenches and even somebody like Greenwald, you know, that are passing on their knowledge to, to very competent and very, uh, I mean, skilled, not just media people, but I mean, intellectuals now coming up. And I mean, it's been so amazing to, to watch. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting. It really, really exciting. And I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I hope I'm not prying or in any way by, you know, no, that's, by bringing up this stuff. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your time and um, <laughs> on all of this. And I'd love to to, to come back around and sure, keep yeah. this conversation going, you know, yeah. Yeah, on, happy on to. so much of these fronts and stuff like that. It's, it's just so rich. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so all I would, all I would say in, you know, earlier is I, I just think like, um, you know, you're going to find, um, you know, in that last chapter of Against the Web, which, you know, which is by far the one, the part of the book that was the most important to him, you know, that, 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 that's what he, um, uh, you know, that, that's, that's what he, would constantly emphasize, you know, when talking about it, um, that, you know, and I think, you know, I think it ties in both the religion question and also some of what you're talking about in terms of, you know, what you're calling the next left, which is that I think that you're going to, you know, I mean, specifically on the religion question, you know, or really the cultural question more broadly, right? You know, that they have that, I, I think that what, um, you know, what Michael really saw is that, you know, is that if you're, if you're going to have, you know, a sort of global movement, you know, then, then what you, you know, that's going to need to involve people sort of expressing certain kinds of values, certain kinds of truths in the language of of whatever whatever they're coming out of right you know that they uh so um you know in you know 
Muslim language or Christian language or, or whatever, right. You know, that they, whatever it might, you know, whatever it might be. And, um, you know, but fortunately, right. There is no sort of essential core of any of these things. Right. I mean, that, that they're, they're just people who are, you know, who will find their way to the values that we like or vice versa. Right. You know, and, and express them in this, this language and, you know, really ultimately, I mean, I think what, I think what Michael was, you know, was sort of driven by is, is a vision of, um, you know, that, that word cosmopolitan is, is very deliberately chosen, right? In fact, in the last, in the sort of um, process of, um, you know, finishing up and ed- editing the book, you know, like there's a point where, where the, the word was kind of almost lost because, you know, sort of, sort of back and forth about whether that, you know, has all the right connotations and, you know, and none of the wrong ones or whether it's, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and it was retained, I think very deliberately and, and, and I'm glad it was right. You know, cause, cause I think, it, I think it gets across something really specific, which is this idea that, you know, ultimately like what kind of, you know, what kind of society, do we want to live in, you know, and, and it's, it's one that I think is captured by that kind of metaphor about cities and people, you know, traveling and coming from different places and kind of mixing together and, and, and sort of, you know, trading influences in ways that are, you know, not like, um, you know, everything's kind of available to everybody, you know, and, um, and that's, you know, and I think, for Michael in particular, I think that's very linked to his idea that we do, you know, I mean, maybe this is a little bit too crude a distillation of it, you know, but to like maybe like boil it down to a little bit more of a bumper sticker than he did, right? You know, that, that, they, that, it, that if we're going to kind of, you know, fight the kind of political war that we want to fight, right? You know, that we, we, we need a little bit of a, you know, detente in the culture war, you know, and, uh, and, and to have, um, and, you know, not in the sense that anybody's been thrown under the bus or that, you know, that you, you don't, because, you know, you do have a sort of baseline, you know, recognition of the importance of, you know, civic and you know, legal equality for everybody across groups, but that they have, that, you know, you do need to calm down a little bit about, uh, about sort of battling cultural sense of sensibilities. No and, sure. yeah. and yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, like, I just remember, he, you know, not going to name any names, but you know, the way that he would sort of make fun of people who somehow seem to believe both who'd have this sort of like ultra left, like kind of fantasy ideas of how like a transition to socialism could happen, you know, that like they're sort of imagining, I don't know, you know, 1789 or 1917, you know, played out again in, you know, the 21st century, but at the same time, they just have the narrowest parameters for like all the boxes you had to check on everything all the time, you know, to be in the club. And it's like, so, so, so what are you guys envisioning? There's going to be like barricades in the street, but it's going to be like the 3% of the population that passes all your tests, you know, that's, yeah. that's doing it, you know, good luck with that. Right. So yeah. um, I, I think that, um, you know, and, and I think that this even ties in, uh, I mean, I hope all of the strands aren't too, you know, like disparate, you know, that like it's, it's sort of, it, it sort of all makes sense together. But I mean, I think it even kind of ties into, you know, why he was so interested in somebody like, uh, you know, Lula da Silva in Brazil, who, who was not like, uh, you know, I mean, who in terms of his record as, as, you know, governed, you know, as, as president of Brazil is like a pretty, 
you know, was a pretty moderate social democrat, you know, like as 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 these things go, right? You know, but uh, but I think that I think that what what really you know beyond the sort of his story and 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 some of the you know economic progress he was able to oversee there, and 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 obviously this you know persecution later and how engaged he was with that. I mean, I think what Michael really reacted to about about this does kind of tie into that sort of. Um, you know, culture war detente, you know, to, uh, to, to, to pursue the class war kind of point, which is, yeah. uh, which is that. Well, even Amarius Sen that he draws upon yeah, tremendously. Yeah. I mean, he's yep. technically an, ec- an economist. I mean, let's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, for and yet sure. he's talking about, you know, cosmopolitanism and his relationship yeah. to the Martha Nazenbaum as well. I mean, it's, it's very, uh, yeah, for I mean, sure. it's, it's a rich body of work that, that, but you're right, though. I mean, how does that fit in with what Mar- you know what Marxism is or socialism is? Yeah, well, which is uh, the yeah. bet that you guys are bringing to that conversation, right? Because without the yeah. the, the material conditions, although that not yeah. that material sense doesn't address that, he does. But I mean, you guys are pushing it way more along Marxist lens to go out and talk about you know, yeah, let's talk and, socialism here. And, and, yeah, exactly. And I think that like, and I think what he really responds to as much as anything about Lula is just like his uh his ability as a political communicator you know that, that that he could that he could have um you know just just kind of the way you know if you watch some of those clips you know when we will talk about like sort of you know making sure that everybody you know has uh you know can can afford coffee and has like free times they can play soccer with their kids and you know and all that stuff i mean like yeah. like, like like he did have this very like grounded and really um you know, and, and, and really effective sort of way of, of kind of, you know, cutting through the bullshit and sort of, and, um, and like direct and like, you know, very directly communicating, you know, what really, uh, you know, what really mattered, you know, which I think is really, you know, which is something, uh, which is something that he really wanted to, uh, to emulate, right. I mean, that they have a, that like he had, um, like, you know, Michael was very concerned with, you know, like he would talk about wanting to make sure, you know, that like, like wanting to think of kind of lefty stuff he was into is, you know, what he would say like pre mainstream, right. You know, that they have a, uh, that like you'd, you'd yeah. have um, that it's, it's that, you know, you want to have, um, you know, you want to have everything at least have the potential, right. You know, to, to have this very direct kind of, you know, kind of mainstream impact, you know, so I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I have, you know, like something, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe kind of close on this, like, like, like something that made me really happy. That's as we recorded this, this is on uh, Monday. Uh, the, uh, so last, uh, last Thursday, you know, I, I, I was, um, uh, I was, I was out at the bar in Atlanta with, with my friend Ryan Lake uh, and we uh, uh, and and we're out at a place, you know, kind of at, you know at the end of the night, you know, St. Patrick's Day. We're we're out at this place, basically across the street from here, and uh, and there's the stooge who's you know like a circular bar, you know, like goes goes around, and uh, on the the other side facing us, you know, was the stooge like kind of scrutinizing us as like, we 
were you on Joe Rogan a couple of weeks ago? And we, <laughs> we end up having, having this extended conversation with him eventually after a few minutes of sort of shouty conversation across the bar. He comes over and he buys this drink and we talk and he is, is this guy who works in construction, describes himself as a born and raised redneck, also describes himself as a uh, you know fiscal conservative at one point, although I think as with many people, you know, what, you know, that term means to him, you know, I, I don't think it's very predictive of what he's actually going to think about anything, you know, but, uh, uh, but he, you know, but he, he, he liked the appearance and we ended up talking for like 20, 25 minutes. He, uh, over the course of that time, uh, he, you know, I mean, uh, there, there are some, there are definitely some, some disagreements and, you know, and, and especially about like how taxes work and stuff, but he has a, uh, but he, um, you know, but he he sides off by the end of the conversation on Medicare for all, on universal pre-K, on redirecting a lot of money from you know the uh, for the military to uh, to fund things like that. Uh, he uh, at one point of the conversation says that he's very uncomfortable with abortion, but when pressed about what exactly what's to do about it, right, says if you know he wouldn't actually want to ban it, and then and then agrees at some point of the conversation that the uh, that actually what should be done is to give more financial support to young mothers so it could be a meaningful choice. Uh, and, um, you know, whatever. I mean, it's a very small thing. It's, it's, it's you know, one dude at the bar, but he, uh, but I, I guess all I can kind of think about with that conversation is that, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is kind of, you know, this is kind of, this is kind of what Michael was, was getting at, you know, with, with a lot of that stuff, right. You know, that you're, you're sort of, you know, engaging with people where they're at, you know, you're, you're not, uh, you know, you're, you're like, you're not trying to, um, you know, you're kind of not trying to set litmus tests in advance, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to find ways to, you know, to, to connect with people, you know, where they, uh, you know, where they are and, and, and to think about how you can, you know, how you can kind of, you know, kind of pitch the, um, the things that you most care about in, in ways that are going to mean something to them. And, you know, I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, No, I mean, Michael's heart was just, I mean, you can tell, I mean, the other thing too, I mean, I mean, hearing him, um, the, the conversation with Josh Summers and uh, Robert yeah. Wright and his mother, I mean, and hearing some of their background. I mean, that was a bit of another thing too, that, you know, like my brother died of leukemia in 1983. There was a huge, huge impact on my family growing up, Uh, you know, and, you know, you know, no, thank you. I mean, and it's, it was a, you know, formative thing, you know, where it just, it shattered our family. Right. I mean, going through the medical system, you know, in, in the eighties and moving into the the nineties, I mean, you know the neoliberal and, and and i live in canada right i mean it's not like we we're living in the states here right. we're facing you know complete bankruptcy i mean it was just the emotional toil you know of having yeah. a child have leukemia and you know as a young family going through that so i mean it's oh, it's I, crazy so and you know and i could tell that you know michael grew you know the way he was talking and the way he was relating to people that you know that he was coming from a very difficult sort of position you know, and hearing some of the, you know, the struggles that he had to, you know, to, to go out and try and make, you know, make it and, and, and find some sort of vocation and career path for himself. And 
start to to move into you know find his own voice in all of this and to lose him at that point where you know he was just starting to hit his stride is a very uh yeah, I think dumbfounding I, it's I, dumbfounding you know for me to to even try and wrap my head around but i was very moved by josh yeah. and i mean obviously very moved by everybody around michael and the impact and the personal touch that he had to go and p- touch people's hearts um and just yeah. be where where they were, you know, like with them in a certain way. It was very powerful, very yeah. very powerful. Yeah, I mean, I I can't. Um, I mean, one of the first one of the things I say at the uh, at the beginning of um, of the uh, the introduction of Matt's book is that if um, you know. I mean, you know, Matt's a a good writer, and 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 I'm sure the book's going to find a you know significant audience that appreciates it and all that. But I have, uh, you know, there's not the slightest doubt in my mind that if um, you know if Michael had lived to uh, 2030 or even 2025, you know, the potential audience for a book that was 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 kind of riffing off of of his ideas like that one is would be like ten yeah. times bigger, you know, that they because because it was it was just just really started to uh, you know to to emerge uh, to emerge into his own you know and uh, you know like right when the you know I mean really right when the pandemic hit you know that 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 was that was like it was it was just kind of lift you know starting to lift off and so yeah I, I don't you know I can't. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine, and, and it's and it's also just you know. I mean, I, I don't, I, I cannot, uh, you know, begin to comprehend what it would be like to, uh, you know, to to go through, you know, a uh, you know a, a family member when you were so young and all of that, you know. But I mean, like I have a, but um, but it's also just you know just I don't know. I guess it's a. Uh, I mean, I guess it's such a, you know, cliche thing to say, you know, I mean, it loses some of its power, but I mean, it just, it, it just, he, you know, it's just so alive, you know, that they have a, that, that I, I have, it, it just could not have been more shocking, you know, like anybody else, you know, to, to, to just, you know, one day with, with no particular warning, you know, just, just not, uh, you know, just, uh, just, just not be here, you know, I mean, like that's, that seems, you know, I mean, I think I, you know, I would know. I mean, it's, yeah. it's devastating. No, it's, I mean, I, I mean, it, it just on the, the friendship side of things, because I mean, it, clearly he maintained a network of, of friendships of, you know, that were mutually enhancing and, 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 you know, uh, growth i mean i mean to see just everybody around michael you know like in terms of what was going on and you know and how inspiring it is and the work that you guys are still doing in terms of carrying this on as well i mean i'm very moved by uh you know all the all the work that you you guys are doing i mean you can tell that you guys are doing it from uh you know a place of of, of memory and and uh you know and carrying you know michael in your hearts you know very much so i mean i'm you know power to to all of you guys and uh, I, I without a doubt i know he's he's looking down and, and smiling and 
I mean, he's, he's he's very proud. I mean, in terms of everything going on as well, as much as I'm sure maybe he would love to go and be here, <laughs> kick our asses around and be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but uh, no, it's, uh, and Ben, I mean, I, I just thank you so much for, for taking the time and sharing this stuff with me as well. I mean, of course. I mean, yeah, thank so, you so much uh, for having me. I mean, yeah. To, uh, to be continued, hopefully. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. All right, brother. All right. See you now. Peace. Mm-hmm.